You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the cinematographer for Demonic, Byron Kopman. How is this possible? Do you know what this place is? Your mother Angela, she's our patient. I've been out of touch with her for a very long time. Her mind is very active in the simulation. Simulation? She went on a homicidal rampage. This is your chance to ask her why. Mom? Carly, you have to go. You have to go. Guys, please let me out. Can you hear me? Go, go, go. Guys! What are we doing? No, 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 no. Just, just wait. Are you sure that you haven't been having any hallucinations outside of the simulation? pretty big VPs over the years. How'd you find your way to this project? I actually grew up on the same block as Neil when he moved from South Africa to Vancouver. Um, I'm also from South Africa, but uh, that's not how we met. And he's a touch older than me. So like when you're younger like that, you don't really hang out. Like he was 16 and I was like 10. So right, right. Those, those, those worlds don't collide, but I would see him working in his garage shooting like green screen stuff and this is like way before i knew what that was and what and it was very new it was probably 25 years ago um 10 years passed and i got an opportunity to work on some of his oat studio stuff um you can find mm-hmm. all that on, on youtube and i just approached him and his brother who i was more friendly with was also working with there so that was a bit more of my in but i obviously he can work with, with whoever he wants at his level and I just submitted my reel and I said I'd love to be a part in any capacity uh, of the Oat Studio stuff and yeah they they got brought me on board to DP so that was five years ago so I shot a bunch of the experimental shorts um the some of the bigger ones I didn't do I did some second unit on but that's how I started with Neil so he was already working with green screens and stuff 25 years ago so I guess what was he a teenager back then too yeah totally yeah, yeah. That's very cool. I know uh, a lot of people, you know, when District 9 came out, a lot of people said he could go on to be the next Spielberg, and that's a very Spielbergian thing to do. So, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I assume this was, by his standards, um, a relatively low-budget project, but it still has a lot going on visually, 
particularly some of the simulation stuff. And obviously a lot of that, I mean, it's, it's augmented digitally, but it looks like you shot a lot practically. So tell me a little bit about the simulation environments, particularly in kind of what you did in camera. Yeah. So the simulations are actually 100% effects, VFX. Oh, okay. um, they used a technology called volume capture mm -hmm. led by uh, Tobias Chen at Volumetric Camera Systems. The difference between the volumetric capture and the classic gray scale suits with the dots on it is the volumetric capture gets a better motion of a person, like the bend of your elbow and all that stuff. Um, the way it's done is it takes, in our case, we shot 239 4K cameras built in a dome, like a half dome mm -hmm. um, with pretty small working space inside, like, I don't know, 10 by 10 after all said and done. and it shoots the whole thing. So your wardrobe, your actor, and the makeup, and what they do is captured and baked in. You can't alter that. But what you can alter is the camera angle and the lighting. You can get it looking a lot more picture, uh, picture real than what uh, Neil's vision was. Mm -hmm. He wanted to, wanted to be a bit more like video gamey and raw uh, because it's a live simulation in the in the story. But I think a lot of... I'm not 100% sure, but I think a lot of video games are doing using this technology to create characters. Hey, hey there. there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover, Sleepover Cinema. Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death Ready. of a Film Star. And Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs. So this is blowing my mind because, I mean, a lot of it obviously looked a little distorted, but still a lot of the environment still looked fairly realistic. So um, that house structure was pretty much all completely recreated digitally and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So the, the dome was for the character. And mm -hmm. then for the environments, we actually shot those practically with photos. And uh, uh, a guy named Chris Harvey, he was the VFX supervisor. We would go around, do ground level photos, take a photo, move the camera a few feet, take a photo, thousands of photos, and then some drone stuff to get the top down perspective. Right. So, and then I believe, uh, is it called LIDAR? We use some LIDAR to create mm -hmm. the, to 
figure out the dimensions. And then I think the program takes LIDAR and those photos and makes a very accurate space. Well, that's very impressive. I mean, especially on a film that doesn't have like an Elysium type budget. I mean, that's pretty Mm -hmm. cool. So Mm -hmm. uh, some effect stuff, you know, I think that was done fully in camera is, uh, tell me about shooting some of the sequences like where we have her friend confronts her as a demon and she uh, contorts her body that looked like it was done practically. So tell me about some of the trickery you guys use to make those sequences work. We actually flew in a guy from Toronto. I can't remember his name, sadly, um, but he was on one of those uh, America's Got Talent or one of those shows. Mm. And he's just so flexible. It's crazy to see. And Neil saw him once on the internet and uh, thought it'd be a good idea to use him as the character. So we, he had to, we had to dress him up as a girl. And uh, just to, it's a quick cut when he transitions. And it's all in camera. Uh, and with the help with sound design, it Sounds really sells. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this is a film, a lot of it's set in darkness. Um, and obviously that can't be easy to work with since you, you want it to look like she can't see much. And maybe the one source of light is a flashlight, but you want mm-hmm. us to be able to see. So tell me a little bit about some of the work you had to do in just a very dark movie like this. Yeah, so it actually became kind of a joke. Neil would tell me that... <laughs> And laughing about it, like, Barnes, too bright, it's too bright. And I, I, would, I could like literally see nothing on the monitor. But he has such a clear vision. And he's right. When, when you're, your mind will always create something more scary than what's actually happening, uh, paired with sound design. So it was uh, definitely a lot more, a lot of learning for me because my main belief is to shoot with more light and always sure. grade down instead of, instead of boosted in color. Um, right. but he, he really wanted it to be in camera as, as he envisioned it. So yeah, we did we used LEDs mostly and really had to control the light to make it not spill all over the, yeah. the worlds. And then, yeah, a lot of it's just like literally like exterior night in the forest and stuff. <laughs> and then classically you would have balloon lights and lights everywhere, but we pretty much walked around with a, some like boom poles with like some soft lights to create mm-hmm. some general ambient, like borderline imperceivable. And then the flashlights did the talking. There was one scene, like the opening scene of the film, I was curious about if this was all done in camera in terms of your light source, where she's dreaming and she sees her mom in the sanatorium. And then um, her mom throws down a match and it goes from full darkness into being brightly lit by fire. Was this camera trickery? Did you have a light where you flipped it on or did you just literally set a fire indoors and film that? Um, we set the fire indoors. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so we had a fax guy with a propane tank and then just timed it. Oh, Very that's good. cool. And then yeah. the, uh, the, the big finale, there's quite a bit of flame. Was that all done in camera? Yep, 100% in camera. Yeah. That's very cool. So were you, uh, were you involved in the location scouting? I, I assume this is up in Canada. It's a pretty striking looking environment with the lake and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, we, we did three scouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself, Neil, production designer, Richard Simpson, and some of the producers. It all takes place in the desert area of British Columbia in Canada. Mm-hmm. The interior, they call it. And we, we had to balance what's available because it was quite, it was just as COVID kind of led up, it was pretty early on. It was like three months after the initial COVID start. 
Oh man. So it, it was, uh, so some places weren't really into having a film crew. Granted we were smaller, but yeah. And it's all, it's all small town and, and, and Neil didn't want to hide the fact. So like in the story, the names that they use are the names of the towns. It's not like shooting oh, really? in Vancouver and, Oh, it's Seattle. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's for real. Yeah. There's no hiding it. Now, one thing I noticed was uh, one of the more striking environments was the hospital she goes to visit. I mean, you, you captured some interesting stuff in there, but it seemed like color was generally very important to the movie. And it looked like there was a lot of blue everywhere, just overwhelmingly, you know, in the costumes, the production design. So tell me a little bit about how you utilize colors in this movie. Yes. Um, so Neil and the production designer, Richard Simpson, um, did most of that. Um, I, my lighting wasn't too colorful. I just kind of played off what they had going on. Neil has got such a clear vision. Uh, he can like see it as he's writing it. So I think a lot of that, well, yeah, all of that stems from him. Now, was it, uh, other than someone like Neil who wants it very dark, was it different for you working with someone who's generally used to working with a larger scale production at this point? And tell me about that kind of learning curve and adjustment process. Mm -hmm. The nice thing about working with Neil when he's used to working on bigger budget things is that he brings big budget ideas to mm -hmm. the set. So he'll always start with what's right and what's cool in his head. And then we work backwards from there. Sometimes we can deliver, but if it's like, like logistically and physically impossible on our budget, uh, we'll, we'll alter it um, based on like what angle we shoot or just alter it just enough so that it still ticks the box for him, but it's not compromising. I think he enjoyed the workflow of a bit smaller budget. Lean and mean, we had a small team. Um, we had two cameras and like a 10 person technical like grip lighting oh, wow. camera team. So it was like really, um, I think he liked the, the speed of it. He likes to shoot really quickly. So yeah. he liked that there wasn't too much extra stuff happening on the in the background so i know uh i know neil is hoping to make another district nine do you think you're gonna get to uh, get involved in that uh obviously it's the dream um <laughs> you just you can never be too sure in film like i never get excited for a project until i'm on it like uh, <laughs> a funny story is uh the b cam operator slash second unit ep aaron nathanson on this project we always joke that can we get excited? So like we wrapped, we wrapped, we, we called rap and he's like, Hey, Byron, can I get excited yet about the project? <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's an ongoing joke, but that's the truth with film. You just never know. You never know what's going to happen. Well, this is a pretty striking and spooky work. Uh, before we go, what was the most, the funniest thing that happened on this set that you can think of? Shooting in COVID can't have been easy in general. Not the funniest, but the kind of like bit of a like situation was uh, at the sanatorium, which is like this mm -hmm. abandoned building in the desert, um, tall grass. The whole time we were there, I think we were there for six days or something. We had to have uh, we hired snake like patrol, so we had guys. <laughs> we had a guy with like gator uh, snake guard boots and like walking with a stick. So whenever we wanted to send an actor through the grass, we had to like scout it with the, with the snake oh guy God. and then yeah so that was like a, a thing the whole time especially 
a lot of us are from non-snake territory, yeah. so we're not super f- comfortable. <laughs> I didn't know you had snakes up in Canada. I thought that was more of uh, down in our neck of the woods, California, and then the south. You're particularly yeah, rattles, poisonous snakes rattles. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but it's only in this area, in the like the deserty area. Yeah, that's pretty scary. Well, this is a spooky film, and I hope that you uh, you get to go on to bigger things now that people have gotten to see your work. It's uh, it's pretty striking, Andrew. Thank you for taking the time to tell me about it. Awesome. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Will Mavity's interview with the cinematographer for Demonic, Byron Kotman, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and if you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, leave us a comment. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.